wonderful listeners, uh, suicidal therapist here, really engaging with what's never happened, at least in my lifetime, um, in our society, uh, coronavirus, and how we are handling it as a culture is, and individually, of course, very interesting to me. But this thought of racism and classism, especially classism, has really been on my mind about how corona intersects with classism. I should say how the responses of corona intersects with classism. So I'll speak briefly about the racism piece that I thought of. So I noticed that, you know, discussion and fear-mongering and just pure chaos is never directed at things like climate change, nor is it directed at all the people in Africa, the people in India, the people in developing countries that, huh, funny enough, aren't white. Um, how many more of them are currently dying of starvation and of poverty? Yet, as soon as Corona started to impact white people in the States, in Europe, of course in Canada, then it's like the plague has hit us. That everyone's going to die, oh my god, us poor white people of privilege. Anyways, I just, it just sort of upsets me that, like, yeah, you know, Corona is a big deal right now. I get that, but what's a bigger deal to me is classism, pure global classism where us in Canada, like for example, I have an apartment to myself, my parents have a home, I have access to a cottage, I have access to my friend's cottage and their homes, like privilege just keeps giving and giving and giving and I did not earn this privilege, I didn't earn being a Canadian, I didn't earn having white skin, I didn't earn a middle class family, I just received it by being born. Then it just gets me thinking of how upsetting it is, you know, that this attention is not like a day-to-day basis. Are we thinking of the people who are also starving of starving, uh, dying of starvation here in Canada? How people roam around the streets even at two in the morning because they don't have a place to stay how a homeless person often sleeps in my lobby and gets kicked out by police officers because he doesn't have a place to stay. And I think we need to talk more about how coronavirus is going to hit hard the people without homes, right? So, you know, let's think about this. If coronavirus is pretty transmittable, especially when you're in close quarters with other people, hence the quarantine thing going on, then tell me how when someone's lucky enough to get into a shelter that's usually completely full, hence people... In 800 meters, keep left at the fork. Hence people on the street, right? That, okay, so they spend one night in the shelter, and then they're stuck with coronavirus. Not like they asked for that. They asked for freaking work. Keep left at the fork. Are we providing, you know, besides hand sanitizer, are we providing more space for homeless people? You know, I I do know under the budget, they are providing more money. I don't know how they're using that money. Maybe something to look at.
just seems like they're at really high risk right now for transmitting it. And it's not like they're all young folks, you know, there's many of different ages that could be very uh, at risk if they do get the coronavirus. So how come discussions, the fear mongering that is our media right now, why aren't we discussing that at more extent? I haven't heard one thing. I haven't even heard it talked about on an individual basis. Right? This is actually the first conversation I'm having, but in my head it's been going around and around in circles. Um, so, yeah, so that, you know, when I think about Canada, how we're so just lucky to have things like OHIP and, you know, have access to being tested, but how many poor people in the States are not getting tested because they can't afford tests, right? That they, they walk around not knowing that they're you know that they're transmitting it or that they've got it they might think they have a cold but even if they are like do they have access to a hospital bed without bankruptcy if they need a hospital for the time being you know um let's let's say the government decides that we all need to be quarantining ourselves what happens if you don't have a home to quarantine yourself under are we all gonna just allow 50 people to be quarantined in a shelter all, you know, all around and all the people, homeless people, including the people who work there, are now stuck in a collective corona community. I mean, happy if they had a roof under their head, but not so happy that it has to be with a bunch of people in close quarters, right? So again, I think, I think... The chaos is a little overdone, but maybe that's because I'm a person of privilege who's not a part of the vulnerable sectors, nor have, nor sorry, have uh, loved ones who belong to vulnerable communities. But the vulnerable community I'm maybe most worried about, worried about, is like people who are impoverished, people who are homeless, you know, people in say the states or the countries that don't have access to medical care for freaking free, right? It's, it's really a, a time where we need to look at how our culture responds to chaos like this and who are we leaving out of these conversations? Who are we leaving out of policy decisions? Who have we been leaving out, you know, uh, in, in preventative care to this, right? Is that, sure, middle-class white people's health and upper-middle-class people's health is, of course, important, but so are people who are suffering day to day and not having a home to just watch the news and eat food that they've bought from Costco, you know, uh, having access to toilet paper for God's sakes, like not everyone, I would say many people don't have access to this severe privilege. So I just want to put this podcast out there to really get you thinking about classism and how it situates in your life on a day-to-day basis. Have you thought about questions regarding, okay, how are poor people handling this? How is someone who maybe works um, at Starbucks, which is now closed, are they getting paid, you know? They may not have savings because minimum wage is a bitch, right? It is not a living wage. So how do people without savings deal with this? Does everybody have access to the knowledge that EI in Ontario is accessible to even people like me, self-employed people? 
So I think we really need to be careful and cautious about who we're leaving out of this response and even in our day-to-day conversations about the coronavirus. So please feel free to uh, to comment. I would love to hear your, your thoughts, even if they object to my thoughts, that's totally okay. Um, I do intend to respectfully respond to any comments on uh, any of my podcasts, so please feel free to listen up. If you're needing support around this collective anxiety that is currently occurring um, in our in our culture right now, um, the best way to reach me is by first logging into inclusivewithcarling.com, and uh, I am providing online video support, of course, in person in Cambridge, Ontario as well, uh, but, you know, many people are not feeling the in-person, one-to-one contact, so, of course, online video sessions are available to you, uh, so please feel free to email me or call me. You'll see my contact information on the website. Okay, well, thank you so much for listening today. I hope you um, appreciated this stance on corona, and uh, keep well, okay? Lots of